0: Hey, this is Cindy Vargas, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Live podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at SidV. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, and progress over perfection. As we all answer the essential question Who am I? Maybe this response will benefit your mindset. I am a leader. Are you? I'm a supporter of positive change in my generation, and I consistently provide value to myself and others. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcasts in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. Hola, soy Cindy Vargas y aquí está mi historia que voy a compartir en Trap Life Podcast. Conéctate conmigo en Instagram @sydv. Espero que mis experiencias te inspiran y recuerda, sueños sobre dudas, concentración sobre frustración y progreso sobre perfección. Mientras todos contestamos la pregunta, ¿Quién soy yo? Tal vez esta respuesta te pueda ayudar. Yo soy una líder. ¿Y tú? Yo soporto el cambio positivo en mi generación. Siempre doy valor a mí misma y a otros. Quédate conectado y escucha los nuevos episodios de The Most Eclectic Podcast in the World todos los miércoles y domingos en todas plataformas de podcast.
1: Great.
0: Awesome. works.
1: It works. Did not have to send you that link. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm not quite sure what episode this will be, but we are live with the lovely, talented, fierce... Um, What other good adjectives would there be to describe you? (laughs) So much more. But Cindy Vargas. Hi. Cindy has a quote that she will share with us to kind of open us up. But um, I've known her for a while, so I'm going to do an intro for her as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so my quote, one of my favorite quotes is the pain you feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow um you can apply that to pretty much anything um life work working out I know that that's a huge one for me so yeah
1: so is working out like the area where you kind of like struggle with work-life balance the most you feel like right now
0: yeah, um, especially right now, just because I'm so busy with work, I've been having to put in extra time with work that I usually I work out in the mornings. So I tend to kind of now just kind of hit that snooze button and not work out in the mornings. And then I just find it a little bit more difficult to get that workout in in the evening because I'm so tired from work. Mm.
1: So usually, like, what is your ideal workout routine?
0: So right now, currently, I'm actually at a small um, gym. It's a group fitness, so it's really cool. There's like 10 people or less at each class, and there's a personal trainer there that pretty much creates the workout for you, and so I've been doing that for a couple months now, um, but, you know, if I go by myself, I mean, I'll do stairs for, you know, 20 minutes to warm up, and then I'll go ahead and, you know, hit the hit the weights, So I also have my own little um, routine that I have like written down. So it's easier than to just, you know, get to the gym and be like, okay, what am I doing today? It makes it a little bit, you know, more motivational to be able to get up and and go.
1: Definitely. Routines are so fundamental when it comes to working out and just health and your health regimen.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's easier like that.
1: So are you trying to just stay in shape for yourself, or are you trying to stay in shape because, you know, stay in dance shape (laughs) so that you're ready to, like, compete at any given time?
0: Yeah, so I haven't really been um, dancing. That's something that I want to get back into, Um, but, I mean, for now, I definitely just want to stay in shape. I feel like a lot of people gain weight during college, but for me, it was kind of the opposite where... You know, I started living on my own and I, you know, had my own income and it was just a lot easier to be like, hmm, I'm kind of feeling Portillo's for dinner today. And I could actually, you know, do that. And I have the financial freedom to do that. So I think that's what I've been struggling with after college. And eventually I do definitely want to get back into dancing and join a dance team. But I'm just so busy that right now I want to focus on, you know, working out and doing that before I can start dancing again.
1: Okay, so. Before we get into some of the questions that I have for you, can you kind of just take us through what your position actually is?
0: Yeah. So I'm currently, yeah, I'm currently a project manager at Identity Resources um, in Schaumburg, Illinois. So what we do is we manufacture and install signs um, pretty much across the entire nation, even some places in um, Canada and Puerto Rico. Um, So I am on a um, Verizon team. We do corporate Verizon locations for the most part. Um, And I focus more on like new construction signs. So we make their signs, pretty much anything that you see on their storefront, anything that illuminates, things like that. um, We work on that. And I'm a project manager.
1: That's awesome. How long have you been there?
0: So I've been there a little bit over three years now, which is crazy because it feel like just time has gone by so fast.
1: Yeah. And you've been promoted since you've been there already, right?
0: Yeah. Um, So I started off, it's really funny because um, I had no experience with anything like new construction or electrical or didn't even know that this industry was a thing, right? Because you drive by all these, buildings and companies and, you know, you don't really think about like, oh, somebody actually has to do that work. So um, I started off as an assistant project manager, having zero experience. And yeah, um, last year I was actually promoted to project manager.
1: So what is a project manager? Because I feel like that's a term we hear a lot. And I think they're so vital to the success of any um project their their role is critical for execution yeah. but what does that actually entail
0: yeah so for my job pretty much is we like you said you know it's vital for anything to be successful so for us um you know i do everything so from the beginning of a project where i get an email from a customer saying hey we have a new store Opening in Dallas, Texas, here's the address. And pretty much my job is to kind of handle everything from beginning, you know, going out to the site, surveying the building, seeing, you know, talking to the city, seeing what type of signs are allowed, um, getting permits, getting landlord approval. So it's pretty much all of like, you know, the work that needs to be done in order to make sure that A, a sign is installed and B, a sign is installed Properly, So I need to, you know, talk to local installers and see what their pricing is and work on pricing for the customer, get pricing approval from the customer, you know, going into permitting with the city. And then finally, the end result is, you know, installing that sign and getting those completion photos for the customer.
1: And what would you say the job is like similar to or some can sometimes be misconstrued for another role? if anything.
0: I mean a lot of so a lot of people kind of call us like glorified babysitters because <laughs> you know we really don't do we're not out on the field. I mean sometimes we'll go out and we'll kind of just You know, check out the site and make sure that everything's going right. But we're not actually the ones making the signs. We're not actually the ones installing. We're not actually the ones, you know, most of the time going out to the city and permitting things. But we're pretty much just overviewing everything and making sure things get done. So a lot of people, I feel like, think that our job is easier than it really is. But at the end of the day, we're the ones, if there's an issue with permitting in the city or if there's an issue with a sign-up being fabricated on time, we're kind of the ones that have to do that communication with the customer and, you know, bring kind of like the bad news to them or we're the ones that are seen in a bad light because we need to put pressure on our installers to make sure that things are getting done when they said it would be done.
1: Right. What people don't understand is how so many things can break down through the course of a project. Yeah. Right. And it happens way more. Crisises are averted because of project managers, um, because of a team structure, right? Definitely. And so that that doesn't... To me, people who say that, like, just don't know any better. They that's That makes zero sense to anyone who's been in business long enough or has worked with a project manager. You understand how crucial they are to the process of it all
0: exactly yeah kind of looking from the outside I feel like people think our job is a little bit easier you know than it really is because they don't work day to day with all the issues and problems and fires we have to put out
1: yeah I mean like things can just happen because your job is to make sure that no one knows about the problems essentially right so if you're not doing your job or if something is just in the rare instance that something is beyond your control, that is when people will know about the problems. And then they'll be able to realize, Oh, well, maybe if we had someone in that position or maybe if this was done, Oh wait, that's the project manager's role. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happened before. Like there were, there was a lack of coordination between various uh, aspects of a project to get it fulfilled. And then people were like, Oh, why don't we have someone oversee this? Why don't we have someone run the project, Mm -hmm. manage the project? Oh, we need to create the role of a project manager. (laughs) But people forget that, you know, like it's very, very fundamental. Yeah. So, What tips or advice would you have for someone getting into project management?
0: Uh, Definitely. I mean, if you're a project manager, you need to be organized. That's like the one thing that you need. You cannot be a project manager without being organized. So um, for my specific job, I mean, I always tell the new hires that it's really important to have a calendar on your desk because for us obviously we're we're working with deadlines so we need to and we have multiple projects running at once so in order to know what's going on and to stay on top of your projects having a calendar keeping that email organized by your each project because if you don't have any type of folders or things like that it's going to be a mess and you're not going to be successful and then you know just learning and being able to ask questions because you can't learn. Like I said, I came into this not knowing anything. And um, now I've been able to work with the new hires and train them. And I just think that wouldn't be possible if I, you know, didn't ask questions and learn from mistakes early on.
1: So um, I have two questions with regards to what you just said. So what was your you went to college. Mm -hmm. What was your degree? (laughs) What was your major?
0: Funny you might ask that. So I actually majored in law enforcement and then I had a double minor in sociology and French, which is not. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So can you speak French too? son?
0: A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really had that much practice since I, you know, graduated college, but I tend to kind of like sometimes listen to podcasts in French just to kind of keep that up and obviously it's not as good as it once was, but if you throw me in the middle of Paris, I'm sure I can get around and, and communicate with others.
1: That's awesome. So like you could open like a French branch of a company over
0: there. <laughs> right. That would be really cool. Let's
1: go there. Or you you just went to Toronto, but you could go up to uh what, Montreal or Quebec?
0: no I didn't go up up there but I did go um we went to Niagara Falls okay um so it was just for like a day trip and then we spent like a couple other days in Toronto
1: okay nice how did you enjoy the six
0: it was really cool I feel like we need to next time we go back it'll have to be longer um but you know we I got to relax which was really nice um We did a little road trip, so, I mean, that was tiring, but it was also really, you know, cool driving and just, you know, seeing the views and different things. Um, So I really enjoyed it. It was cool. Definitely have to go back.
1: I always ask this question because I hear it so much. Does Toronto remind you of Chicago?
0: You know, it's really funny because it totally – it had a very – so it has a European vibe when you kind of drive through, like – The neighborhoods but downtown it definitely has like a chicago vibe to it
1: okay i i hear that all the time like toronto is chicago north
0: it really sounds frigid
1: which scares me but (laughs) i'm like oh that's kind of cool you know yeah because of the diversity i guess
0: yeah definitely it's really diverse very diverse
1: Okay, and so my other question, we kind of diverted, my bad, <laughs> but neither here nor there. Um, my other question is, so you said organization is the, is like the key skill set for a project manager, um, which totally makes sense because your job is coordination, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think three universal or transferable skill sets are for people in general who want to achieve success?
0: Yeah. um, So I would definitely say teamwork because in any single job that you do, you're not always, you know, going to be working 100% by yourself. So you need to be able to know how to work with a team. And, you know, if you're in a leadership um, role, you need to know how to manage a team. Um, And then another one, I would probably definitely say communication because 90% of 99% 99% of jobs out there you need to know how to communicate you need to know how to be a good um, news communicator and I would also say um, time management because especially in my role I have you know so many things to do and such little time so I need to make sure that I know you know how much time I should be taking with things and um, I need to know how to split up my time you know right
1: definitely Where would you say that you kind of mastered or honed in on your skill sets? Was it in college? Was it in high school? Was it always in you? When did it come about?
0: You know, I feel like at a young age, I was kind of, I feel like I had to grow up a little bit quick because I had, both of my parents were working and even like, I tell my friends this all the time, I don't really ever remember um, getting like homework help from my parents because they don't really, I mean, you know, they don't speak English as well. So I had my siblings to help me, but I feel like I kind of had to like learn at a young age to be responsible and to know, you know, how to ask for help and how to do my homework and things like that. But I feel like, I mean, after college would be probably when I really focused in on it more, you know, during college, I feel like college was a little bit easier for me. Um, I didn't really need to time manage and things like that. I feel like I was able to kind of go through college without having to like really put emphasis on all of that. Um, So I would have to say it's a mixture, but definitely after college when I actually started working.
1: Okay. And kind of relating to that, What were the differences that you saw between yourself from high school to college?
0: I feel like high school, I worried a lot more about my work and I was more stressed out. Um, It was probably because I was like thinking about getting into college. Mm -hmm. And then once I started college, I kind of had this mentality where you know, I know myself, I know that I am dedicated, I know that I, you know, if I have to put in extra time, I will. So I kind of just had that, you know, everything will happen the way that it should. And and I didn't really
1: stress about things as much. Like, so you talked about like, kind of like stressing out to get into college. You yeah. were always like, a very good student, right? Yeah. But you still took the community college route yeah college right yeah can you kind of elaborate about that
0: yeah um it's funny because I actually had so in college I mean in high school there was this class for um juniors and seniors that were looking into getting into college um and so I remember speaking to one of the advisors for that and I told him I'm like I'm gonna go to Harper and he was like wow I just think you're so much better than that which you know looking back at it it's like wow like I think community college was the best decision I took. Um, You know, my parents actually covered all of my costs for college without taking out any loans. And so that was my ultimate reason why I decided to go to community college. Um, I had like a $5,000 scholarship to go to Harper and I'm like, it would be dumb for me not to do it. Um, And it was great. It was probably the best experience of my life because I was able to really, you know, I did um, student government there. My leadership like skills just were a lot of it came from community college and I got to meet a lot of awesome people. And just, you know, the experience overall was, I think, even better than going to Western.
1: Because in Western, your leadership was more centered around uh your dance team correct
0: exactly yeah I did okay. um choreography and I was like the dance director so yeah I didn't really do anything like student government or anything different
1: but you know you had a very big role in student government while you were at Harper can you kind of uh talk about that a little bit
0: yeah um so we ran I was the first year that I did it I was just you know just in student government, nothing really. Um, but obviously, you know, we were in charge of a lot of decision-making and voting and we kind of knew a lot more in depth of things that were, you know, going on at Harper and different issues that we had. Um, but my second year I was vice president and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we just, it was just really cool learning about government and learning how everything works and, like I said, being aware of all the issues that I feel like a lot of other students weren't aware because they're not in student government. They didn't really know that these issues were happening and things like, you know, stuff was getting voted on. Um, So, you know, I I got to meet a lot of more people, you know, faculty at Harper and make that, um, that those types of relationships. So I think that helped a lot as well.
1: And you came during an interesting time because wasn't there like an issue going on at Harper around that time period and student government or just Harper in general. And then you were also a part of like the, um, middle or the end of the expansion process that we now see at Harper, correct? In terms of all the new buildings.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. We had to like vote on a lot of things. Um, I remember one issue that we voted on was like allowing, um, smoking on campus that was like mm-hmm. a huge thing um yeah and we actually changed we were the ones that were able to vote on changing um the name of student government I forgot what we were what they were called before but we changed we did like a name change that year as well
1: it went from like was it senators to reps before or something like I, that
0: yeah I from what I mean when I was there we were they were always called senators so that's what okay. I I started off as a senator
1: That's quite the career at Harper. Yeah. The, the weird thing about Harper is that you—it's almost impossible to leave a legacy because it's so transient. Yeah. You know, people—people people are coming there for a semester, maybe two years, maybe three max. But yep. there's not enough overlap of people for people to really know what you—everything uh, that you accomplished.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: But. It's very interesting, very good stuff. So talking about student government and leadership, kind of define what leadership is to you.
0: So for me, I would say a leader is somebody um, who can help others succeed and somebody who has a team first mentality. Um, Obviously, there's some leaders that don't have a team first mentality and that I don't think makes them a good leader.
1: definitely and then what is your leadership style
0: so my leadership i mean it honestly really just varies depending on what i'm doing um when i was a dance director i feel like or choreographer i feel like people were kind of like wow, she's very strict. But that's because we only had a limited amount of time to learn these dances, to practice, and we had performances coming up. So I wouldn't let people mess around. You know, with my job that I have now, I um, work with some assistant project managers, and I'm very just kind of, you know, laissez-faire. And I make sure to obviously check up on them make sure that they're completing their tasks on time but then also if there is anything you know that they're lacking like if they're behind on things I always ask them like hey I noticed you're behind on this is there a reason for it do you need help are you having trouble how can I help you and I've also learned that it's very hard for me to kind of let go of my responsibilities and allow others to do it so I've kind of been learning now like okay I'm you know, getting into this position where I'm more leading others and having others take care of responsibilities that I was handling before. So, yeah, I would say definitely very, very laissez-faire with my job now.
1: And it's just, uh, it's more individualized based on, like, the context of the situation as well as the people that you're leading, right? Exactly, Your
0: team. yeah. Yeah, there's some people that kind of want somebody to be able to stay on them a little bit more. And you kind of just learn by working with people or, you know, or people that sometimes need somebody to, you know, manage them a little bit more than others. So it just kind of is, I guess, a learning curve for me.
1: So do you remember the time, like, I think this was last, it was, yeah, it was last year and it was like around May, maybe April. And I had that leadership thing I was trying to launch. Yes. <laughs> you came to speak. Yeah. And it was totally not as advertised. Uh, my bad for that. Again. <laughs> but you were like, I saw your eyes moving and you're like, what in the world <laughs> did I get myself into? But then I also saw how you made the adjustment and because we were, I told you that you'd be speaking to like 10, 15, 20 people, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. And it wasn't anywhere close to that. It was like six. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest. I love all the people that were there, but they were kind of a weak crowd. (laughs) So, you know, we're trying to engage with them, but you're telling your story and like, you, you couldn't tell at the time, but they actually did get something out of that. But what I saw from you is how you, how quickly you were able to make that adjustment in your head mm-hmm. to, like, maybe change the message a little bit and change your delivery style of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, which I, I thought was really cool to see. Thanks. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a little funny of a moment. <laughs> Kind of embarrassing.
0: It's fine. You have to be ready for anything, right?
1: Yeah, got ready. are like, we were in someone's basement. <laughs> it was like, dude told me he had cleaned up his basement that he was ready. <laughs> totally didn't even clean up the basement. It was, it was kind of out there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, what can what? you
0: expect from high school students? Right? High school
1: students. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: She, she definitely killed it, you guys. You, you don't understand. I wish I had footage of that.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: But what do you think is, like, your unique gift? Like, if you had to describe as, like, a superpower that you have.
0: I would definitely say I'm, like, great at giving advice. I feel like a lot of friends come to me when they're, like, having problems, whether it's, like, with work, their significant other, their families. I think I'm really good at putting myself in other people's shoes and being able to give advice um, without being biased and just, you know, saying what I really feel and what I think is best for that person.
1: And so even then you're making adjustments because you're not just giving, like, platitudes or cliches or, like good adages that you heard of like exactly like you're not going to repeat the quote that you read (laughs) to someone when it's like completely like but that's not what I just told you Cindy well it's good advice though
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that quote's always good advice but yeah no I definitely relate to people more and even if it's sometimes like advice that they don't want to hear I'm I'm gonna say it because then that's not me being a good friend right
1: and it gives you credibility as well yeah and and everyone needs different um like outlets for the advice to come in
0: exactly like
1: sources of advice. So like mm-hmm. I guess you're supposed to have the one friend who's gonna encourage you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the one friend who is always just going to like keep you humble, mm-hmm. uh, and the one friend who can kind of ebb and flow, yeah, depending, depending on the situation. So yeah, and. Which one would? Which one of those friends would you say you are?
0: I definitely keep people humble, but I feel like I'm also a mixture of all three. It just depends on you know what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm always going to say the truth, no matter how much like people don't want to hear it.
1: Going to speak the truth. So you used to be like kind of like a troll killer <laughs> on uh, social media. Yeah, and like. I don't know if you just got busy or if you just decided that they bored you or what happened. But you've
0: kind of calmed down. What
1: what happened there?
0: I deleted my Facebook app, first of all, because of all the stuff going around and these random advertisements I would see when I'm, like, having conversations at home. Um, So that's the first thing. And then I also just started deleting people that were, like, not making any sense. Because a lot of the times, me you know telling people like facts and giving them like information they just kind of turn it around and you know don't make any sense so I'm like you know what I don't have time for this anymore I started deleting people and I just am not really on Facebook as much so I don't really see the trolls anymore
1: I remember I saw a status from you you're like Facebook's kind of weak ever since I deleted all you trolls <laughs> or something like that yeah. I was like <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so like you that's <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not as entertaining, for sure.
1: I'm kind of bored up here now. Maybe I'll add you back. Yeah, right. But um, from what I've seen in your life, from knowing you, you have a lot of long-term relationships, Mm -hmm. right, in your life. And how do you think you've been able to cultivate those relationships in a world where, There's so many things where friends can just kind of like drift apart and we live in a like microwave society.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've also had friends where, you know, things don't work out. And I always tell people when there's something that, you know, there's problems with friends or I just stop talking to friends, a lot of the times it's because of something on their end. I pride myself on being like a good friend and, being honest and being genuine with others and I think that's why I've been able to keep these friendships and also on their end you know they, they're on the same page I don't ever fight with any of my friends I can't remember the last time I fought with any friends um and if there's ever like miscommunication or something that they kind of feel upset about we talk about it and we're also all very busy so I have like you know a good group of girlfriends where we have a, a a group text um and we just all talk on there but we don't see each other as often as we'd like to. So I think just you know checking up on each other, being aware of what's going on in each other's worlds and and just always having that good communication with each other regardless of what's going on in life.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um 'cause I I'm gonna have uh Christina on here. Tina
0: on. Oh, thanks.
1: Yeah, we're doing that episode, I think, maybe this week. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah, that'll be fire, too, so.
0: Yeah, she's she's going to be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, um, so, you kind of live a hectic life. Like, you do a lot. What are your secrets to, like, stress management?
0: Oh, man. I am... <laughs> My boyfriend will tell you that sometimes I get stressed out over things that I shouldn't. So I feel like having people around me that'll kind of calm me down and remind me like, hey, you're healthy, you're alive, you have an awesome life. And just reminding myself, I think a lot of the times I feel like work stresses me out because, you know, it's always something that I'm, I'm trying to fix. So just... You know, having supportive people around me, enjoying my weekends, sleeping in, working out, taking boxing classes when I I have to take the stress out on something. (laughs) I feel like that helps a lot. But yeah, just kind of keep me grounded and also reminding myself that there is always going to be a solution to any problem. And I just need to, you know, be calm and, and look for that solution.
1: I really like that answer encompassed a lot yeah. but okay so for the the audience doesn't know this but I'm just gonna throw it out there so I really respect Cindy's taste in music <laughs> so periodically I will randomly snapchat her like this song or that song or this artist um, different bands and whatever and see what her take is you know and so this is a well. We have a hip hop flair to this podcast. Um, so who are your three favorite artists right now, or most influential artists on yeah. your playlist?
0: I mean, obviously, you know this, J Cole. He's like my number one. I love. So he's him. like an
1: original J Cole super fan for sure.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: you might have started that J Cole. Uh, went platinum with no features quote that goes around
0: (laughs) I take no credit
1: (laughs) I think you secretly started that like you don't have to admit it here but like if you want to tell me off camera I'm I'm buying that got you
0: yeah but definitely yeah definitely J. Cole I mean you know this I love him as a person his music just everything he stands for like he's Amazing. So he's definitely number one. Um, Rihanna, I love Rihanna. She is just everything. Um, she's just so smart. Like outside of music, she's just so smart and knows what's going on in the world and wants to help people. And you know, she's just a huge humanitarian and she's just a businesswoman, like all these awesome new Fenty. companies.
1: Hmm? Fenty.
0: Yes, Fenty, yep. Yeah, so she doesn't
1: even have to make music anymore. Like, she's definitely (laughs) making more music off, I mean, more money off of the uh, makeup line.
0: I know, which is really sad because I love her music, so I hope she doesn't.
1: Well, no, she's coming out with new music. She's supposed to. This fall, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, she's supposed to. I thought it was supposed to be this summer, but I think I read something about pushing back to the fall.
0: Yeah, Uh, she just keeps pushing things out. So at this point, I'm not going to get my
1: hopes up. Yeah, it's been a while since that last album, which was cold yeah though. yeah, yep,
0: yeah.
1: and then who else
0: um last person would be Russ, which I know you know that I love
1: Russ, too. you're he's... the first person that I know of that was a Russ fan, I think because of you, that's how I became a Russ fan,
0: no way, nice, yeah, yeah Russ I love Russ, I mean now he's I kind of look up to him more just because of like you know just his knowledge of like business and music and all of, I mean, you're the one who sent me a couple of interviews with him and he just was like so smart. And I don't know why people hate on him. My boyfriend doesn't like him, but um, I think it's just cause I like him and he's like, yeah, no, not a fan, but I don't I know. Think I think that's because
1: awesome. he's just very like blunt in his delivery. Yeah. And I think he also has an unusual experience and current climate in the music industry. Like, there are not yeah. a lot of artists that you can say, like, are like Russ. And when I say that, I mean, like, we just... Okay, so the guy with the number one album right now, or the number one song, because he really just came out with this album, is that Old Town Road, right? hmm And there are a lot of people who say um, he's an industry plant. hmm um, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm saying that, right? So yeah. the way I look at it is because first of all, I listened to his new album. He doesn't sound like a... um he He's not really a rapper. He's more of like a singer. So mm-hmm. the title of rapper, he didn't come up through mix, the mixtape circuit at all. He just kind of came up out of a, obscurity with this song and then The song had traction, got a feature from Billy Ray Cyrus and continued to expand in his quote unquote, you know, song of the year or song of the summer. It's not my song of the summer, but Mm -hmm. that's the narrative that's out there. Then he comes out with the fact that he's gay, which may or may not be true. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't make a difference. I don't like the song either way. So um, (laughs) to me, you know. But so you have that against a Russ who will adamantly talk about how he has volumes upon volumes of music before he became relevant, right? Where he was putting out um, project after project that really didn't receive the type of traction that he was looking for. Mm -hmm. And how he had to have a specific marketing plan to come up. And his journey of being an independent artist, of doing the vocals yourself, doing the audio yourself, Mm -hmm. producing yourself. And that's so different than nine out of 10 rappers.
0: Exactly, yep.
1: So him saying that, and then also the fact that Russ is Italian right so mm-hmm. he he's a white rapper but he doesn't present like a white rapper almost
0: definitely not yeah you know
1: so like he's not like an Asher Roth he's not like a Mac Miller necessarily and just because facially he doesn't necessarily look white
0: mm-hmm. or what
1: people would kind of say an Italian person would kind of resemble right Yeah, he, he looks more of like a he looks more like like a latina hispanic person if mm-hmm. anything or a mixed person um so that's interesting but he's not hiding stuff and he says honest things about the industry yep <laughs> like he he's been around enough people where he he knows some things about your favorite rapper Yep. And he doesn't necessarily care that you're not his favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. Because we live in, like, where people are always trying to expand. And I think Russ is in a place where he's like, I'm good. Like, I do my festivals, I do my concerts, I'm making money. Yeah, he, And well, he's actually making money, which is because he owns his, his music, his own catalog. He yeah. might have partnerships and all that, but at the end of the day there's ownership involved in what he's doing yep which and i tr- feel like
0: music for him is a little bit more of a hobby like now he's making investments and doing all these side things that people don't even know about and that's where yes. a lot of his money's coming from so for him i feel like he loves music it's a hobby of his but he's finding other ways to make money to make sure that that income will always come regardless if he's successful in music or not
1: yeah because when you start looking at the breakdowns of these people Russ doesn't necessarily have to tour to make money, which is different than, again, 9 out of 10 artists. Yeah. That's yep. where they're getting the bulk of their money from, touring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my favorite artists is Drake. Drake tours a lot because he has to tour a lot. Yeah, making a lot of money doing it, but because of his deal, the way it's structured, he's not getting a lot of money from the record sales. Like, I just saw this one... Um, breakdown that said Drake has only made like 11% of the, all of the revenue that he's oh, wow. made throughout his career and it totals to something like only 30 mil or wow. even less than so it's when you start looking at these numbers you kind of see why certain people don't like certain people yep and I think that just happens to be Russ.
0: yep definitely
1: but yeah and so um, going off of the music, but you see, these are why I like talking to Cindy. Yeah, <laughs> we have these sort of random ranting conversations. But um, what type of podcast are you listening to?
0: Oh, man, I have all types. I mean, obviously, I stay updated with current news. So anything NPR I listen to, like, that's how I get my information Love NPR. Started. Yep. Yeah, that's how I get my morning started. I'm obviously majored in law enforcement, so I'm really big on like the true crime podcast where they go into, you know, murders and things Did like that. Do you think that. you were going to be a
1: detective? Or what were you?
0: You know, I was kind of confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do. At first, I was like, you know, definitely wanted to do detective. And then afterwards, I was like, maybe I'll go to law school. And then I worked for a lawyer and I was like, Okay, I could never do this because I need to have a life outside of work. So yeah, I was kind of all over the place.
1: <laughs> I remember when you left for college, you told you said you were going to be pre law. That was like the yeah,
0: yeah, that's yep. yeah. I'm really glad I didn't do that though because just. You know, obviously they make good money and stuff, but it's, like, a lot of debt. And, you know, eventually I want to have a family. I want to be able to enjoy my weekends. And just the lawyer that I worked for couldn't even go to his son's, like, baseball games during the week, which is just crazy.
1: So you just spend all that time to make money so that you have a certain lifestyle, but you don't have the freedom.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep.
1: there are a lot of good true crime podcasts right now though
0: oh yeah there's so many i don't even i've probably followed like five or
1: six different ones what are your thoughts on like making of a murderer
0: you know i started watching it i actually never finished i'm one of those people i know i'm really bad at like
1: oh you're not a tv person though
0: yeah i'm really not I mean, lately I've been watching like a couple of things on Netflix, but yeah, I feel like if I ever start something, I just can't finish it unless I'm like not really doing anything else, you know, on the weekends, which lately I've just been so busy. So, but I definitely do need to watch that. I've heard it's really good. So I need to take some time and
1: watch it. I'll send you another one that you absolutely have to watch. Like I might be a little upset at you if you don't have to. <laughs>
0: yes send it but to
1: it, me. it's like making a murderer, but i would say it's actually maybe even a little bit better than that okay it's on netflix it's it's pretty dope i'll send it to you
0: okay because
1: i i would say it right now but i can't actually think of the title okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um give us one true crime that we should watch true crime podcast
0: um so my favorite podcast I feel like it was a lot better when it was first started but um I love sword and scale um it's my favorite one especially if you listen to like the earlier ones but it pretty much goes into all different types of cases and they you know go from beginning to end and they go like you know they play like news things and they talk to people that were on the case and things like that so I really like that one and then one other one that I just um, have been listening to, which I'm hooked on is confronting OJ Simpson. I don't know if you've heard about it, but I,
1: I've, I've heard of about it, but I have never listened to it yet.
0: Oh, it's so, so, so good. So um, pretty much it's like a lawyer and um, um, one of the victims, her, his, his sister is actually the one on it and she just goes and interviews like detectives and people that were oh, yeah. okay. It's she really was on good. the
1: Howard Stern show. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. I saw yeah.
1: that little clip of her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's really good. That's what I'm currently hooked on.
1: Okay. So this is a little controversial. Do you think OJ did it?
0: A hundred percent, yes. Okay. Especially after listening to this podcast. I'm like, wow, like how how is he not like how did he not get
1: convicted i am of the opinion that oj did not do it
0: really I mean, okay well then you're going to have to listen to this i'm going
1: to have to listen to it and, and see and tell me cuz i have been waiting i listen to the different stuff and i'm like okay i i, need, I yeah. need uh you know the information if the information is presented i can be swayed i cuz i don't really <laughs> like oj simpson i'm not yeah. like an advocate for him but like yeah. based on the information i'm like uh... Uh,
0: yeah no it's crazy and at first before this I wasn't either one of those people that believed he was innocent or not I was just kind of like okay from what I hear people think he's he's guilty but I was never like okay he is or isn't so after listening to this and I'm not even done with it for sure 100% guilty
1: I have to check it out yeah and then the other one you mentioned as well what about business podcasts or leadership podcasts
0: Oh, my favorite one, and I don't know why I can't think of the name. Um it's I'll have to send it to you later, but it's okay. it's for women and it's basically they they interview um I think it's um secrets of wealthy women, I think that's what it's called. Okay. Um so they interview like all these extremely successful women and They go into, you know, their childhood, what they studied in college, if they went to college, and what they do for a living now. And then at the end, they kind of say, like, this is a secret, like a money secret for me. And they just, like, give, like, these money secrets. And, you know, it's really, really cool. And I think that's, like, one of the things that really keeps inspiring me to, like, keep moving forward and keep pushing and just keep, you know, climbing.
1: So, like... You like financially like wasn't one of your goals to own your house by the time you turned twenty four.
0: Yes, it was.
1: And you achieved that, right? I did. Like, yeah, even earlier than that, right? Yeah,
0: it was like it was like a couple weeks before I turned twenty four.
1: So, like, why was that so important to you?
0: Just because, um, you know, coming from parents who are immigrants, they obviously always chase the American dream quote-unquote, American dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's something that they always pushed on us when we were younger. For the longest time, they rented an apartment. And when I was in first grade, they were finally able to, to buy a home, which was, you know, just successful but even more amazing for them coming from a different country, not knowing the language and being able to save that money and own a house. So they always instilled those types of things in me. And, you know, they always told me, like, why are you paying rent why are you paying someone else money to pay off their home when you can do that, when you can buy your own home? So, yeah. So I I rented for like a year and and I was like, okay, it's time to, you know, to do that. So I always knew I wanted to own a home, but I kind of pushed myself a little bit more because of my parents.
1: That's awesome. And it's great that you hit that. And you even renovated recently, right?
0: Yeah, I've been doing little things here and there. I did like a patio. I redid my stairs. Um, Hopefully going to be doing my bathroom by the end of the year. Just little things.
1: So it wasn't necessarily the home that you wanted, Mm -hmm. but you could see potential in it, right?
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when I first came and I did the inspection, my mom came to the house and she was like, oh my goodness, no, like I don't like it. I don't know why you're going to buy it. And obviously, like, it just needed some TLC. We painted, we fixed the stairs. And I feel like now I'm really happy with my house and, you know, really glad that I did that.
1: Is this like your forever house or you don't know? No, it yet? Okay.
0: definitely not. I, I, I see myself moving out of Illinois within like five
1: years for sure. Really? So
0: not, yeah, I don't want to stay here. I'm so over it. <laughs>
1: Where are you thinking about going? Just wherever um, the opportunity takes you or what?
0: Yeah, so um, I really like – I mean, it's so funny that I say this because I've never actually gone to Arizona, but I have a couple no, of coworkers. No,
1: Cindy. <laughs> You're not one of those people who are <laughs> part of the Illinois to Arizona Express.
0: So many people. I know. It's crazy. The, but we I-
1: must have some sort of deal where we're trading people to them or something. <laughs> I don't know. Every year yeah. without fail, like anyone can like 20 people that they know yeah, move to Arizona yeah. from Illinois. Yeah, it's,
0: it's hot. It's nice. I mean, I like the heat, so it's hot. It's a lot less expensive, you know, so I mean, I'm going to go visit, obviously, and make sure that that's like the place I, I like. But just from everything I hear from friends and everything, it seems like it's, it's a good fit for me.
1: That's cool. That's cool, Arizona. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Another one. I, I might actually even do an episode on that. Like, there's something to it.
0: It's everyone's um, tired of the snow, so they. Just everyone's like the tired,
1: snow. so they're like, Arizona is my relief. Yeah, it's cheaper than going out to California. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, Arizona. It's. <laughs> that that's been like so prominent for us for like i would say the past like five to seven years yeah it's it's really a thing like i don't think people understand what a big deal that is it's (laughs) totally an event it's trending yeah (laughs) okay so i have a few more questions for you yeah i think three um can you give us influential books
0: yeah. Um, so I actually recently read this one. Um, the CEO of our company, he's doing this um, like leadership development, little like mini classes um, at work. And he gave us this book called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's like a super short book.
1: I wrote that one. You read it? Yeah.
0: Nice. What'd you think?
1: Um, I think it's a very good book like just for like the beginning stages Mm -hmm. of leadership and just to think about um what does leadership mean and why you're leading exactly so like the whole premise is something that because the book is what like an an under when you listen to the audio of it it's like what under two hours
0: yeah it's supposed to be meant to be read like in under an hour I think
1: yeah it's super digestible so Just reading it and um, kind of you know reflecting on things and very very simple concept. Exactly. All the books are good. There's Who's Moved My Cheese and what I think Who Moved My Cheese is the sequel. Okay. Maybe I have it wrong, but yeah. But the author the author has written like I think three or four books.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or co ones. Yeah. 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 So I like that one and I think it's just good too. Like for pretty much anybody. Like I have a nephew who's you know, fourteen. So I even thought about it. Like I'm gonna have to give him a copy because, like you said, it's short and it's you know good for anybody who's like you know learning about leadership and things like that. So I like mm-hmm. that one. Um, Russ actually always talks about this second book, um, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, yeah. So that's how I heard about it. Um, so I've read it, and I just think that one was amazing because. Um, You know, I was able to learn a lot like it kind of put things into a different perspective for me because I'm one of those people that um, when someone has an opinion or when someone acts a certain way towards me, I'm kind of like, you know, I look at it from my point of view, like, what am I doing? And I feel like that book kind of helped me learn a lot more and made me like tell myself when somebody does something bad or says something bad to me it's not because of me it's because of them and their own personal issues and things like that so I feel like that book really helped me just remind myself that as long as I'm not doing anything bad and not hurting others I can continue to make the decisions that I'm making and not you know not thinking about other people and and you know what they're telling me and their criticisms so that's a
1: really great book as well. I feel like I read it or maybe I let's probably say this. I started reading it, mm-hmm. didn't finish it. Um, and it's a book that I have on my um audible list.
0: Yeah, it's kind
1: of go good back one. to lock in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And then um I'd also say Becoming by Michelle Obama. Um, is amazing because obviously we all know how successful she is and how successful Barack Obama is. And we know, we know of them because of their success. And that book really goes into like her childhood before meeting Barack Obama and how they met and how they made the life that they have now. So that was really inspirational because, you know, she was just a girl from Chicago before she became the first lady and, 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 that just kind of made me be like, wow, you know, like everyone starts from the bottom, you know, people start from the very beginning and just how she was able to, you know, have a goal and focus on helping her community and all the jobs that she held before being the first lady. It's just really inspirational for sure.
1: Definitely. I like all three of those selections. Thanks. Good stuff. So, one of the last questions is, just to sum it up, describe your personality. Like, have you taken any uh, personality assessments or anything like that?
0: I haven't done it in a long time. So I can't tell you, like, what what personalities I got. Um, like, the letter ones, I don't even know what mm-hmm. I am. But I know... I think I did, like, the ones, like, what animal are you or something like that. And Your was,
1: spirit oh, animal?
0: Yeah, I think I was a dog, but I don't even remember, like, what that means. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can't really tell you, like, what those tests told me. But I know for sure, I mean, I'm, like, one of those people, like I have said, like, really cares about others. And really, sometimes I put, my, put others before me, so I really, you know really care about like what my family thinks about the decisions that I'm making and things like that which is sometimes good but sometimes bad um, so definitely somebody who like is very empathetic and thinks about others
1: I I can uh, add credibility to that I've seen that in all of our interactions
0: So, <laughs>
1: thanks very good person um, just so you guys know cindy and i don't hang out all the time or anything like that but it's like the door is always open for us to have conversations and she's one of my favorite people she's just a good good person to know
0: thank you appreciate it
1: um so last question is describe your ideal company that you would start if you were if you decided to step into entrepreneurship
0: yeah so I have two which I definitely do plan on doing um in the future when the time is right and when I kind of have like a business plan together um my first one which would has always been like a hobby of mine like a little passion is um event planning Mm. yeah
1: I have a story can I finish what you're saying but yeah I'm definitely throwing the story out there
0: okay what story? Let's hear it.
1: So, years ago, when I had just started Duality Unlimited, mm-hmm. guess who was my first event coordinator? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our very own Cindy Vargas.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: That's true. She actually put together this event. Um... It was a Breaking Bad. This was like the series finale of Breaking Bad. And so we had a Breaking Bad party because it was kind of like a popular thing to do at the time. And she coordinated everything, rented out the space, food, did, yeah. Yeah. She sure did the whole event. And then, um, I think I had another project for you to do and you were like, No, I'm too busy. I gotta go to college. You don't even have to pay me. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was I was really busy for sure. I remember that, yeah. I had totally yeah. forgotten about that. That's super true. That was like early on. Yeah. Early on. Passion's always been there, I'm telling you. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you were very good at it. That's my point though. Thanks. Take away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely event planning. And then, um, eventually, obviously I want to, you know, I like, um, the whole real estate thing. So I, my sister currently, um, she has like four or five, um, condos that she rents out and she started when she was, Oh, nice. yeah, she started when she was like 21. So, um, just seeing how successful that's been for her and it's, you know, just She's starting her own LLC company now, and it's just like super awesome. And I definitely want to follow in her footsteps and continue to buy properties and rent them out and renovate them. I just think that that's so cool and really, really fun. Maybe getting
1: into wholesaling a little bit?
0: Yeah, eventually. I have a a friend or acquaintance who actually has like, um, multi-unit buildings. And mm-hmm. I listened to a couple podcasts too, where people who invest in multi-units and obviously long-term in the future, after I, you know, get a couple, um, single unit places, I definitely want to start doing that and maybe even commercial buildings. Cause that's where the money is. Um, so yeah, I just think that that's all super cool, like property management and, you know, being an owner and being able to fix places up, um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see when that happens.
1: That's awesome. I can't wait to, especially the event planning business. I can't yes. wait to see that happen. I'll I'll consider hiring you again, you know, for, <laughs> yes. for projects. Definitely. You know, Let me know.
0: Let me know. I've Yeah, I've already started with a couple of friends right now. I'm just trying to, like, build my portfolio. So I'm working with another friend who is very, like, crafty and artsy and knows how to, like, you know, did the whole baking and things like Mm -hmm. that. So we're working together right now with like a couple of friends, like, um, little parties and baby showers and housewarming parties. So so that's exciting.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Do you have a question for me or any questions?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, how we know each other and things like that. And um, I see that you've interviewed all different types of people and mostly entrepreneurs so i'm curious as to like why you wanted me to come on the podcast when i'm definitely not an entrepreneur um and kind of like you know what you saw in this interview that could be different from others
1: well it to me it goes back to the fact that um so to backtrack like i'm in the space of my life where I want to connect with people in an authentic way. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: some of the more authentic connections are with people that I've just known for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. And so going back to that, it feels like it feels realer to me to like incorporate people in the journey to be able to go back and reach out to people and say like, hey, I'm doing this now. I've seen your growth. So like you can kind of like facilitate my journey in this way. Yeah. And for you specifically, I've always kind of held you in a high regard. Um, You know, just the way that you've carried yourself since I've known you in high school, like got to know you more so in college, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I, I've always seen something in you. Like, even when you did the event coordinator, it was, like, how you are you were so passionate about, like, trying to get Jay Cole to come to Harper or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? yeah? Yeah. And so, like, I remember that, and I'm like, okay, she has talent. <laughs> because I think that's one of my gifts, or I think that probably is my, like, super gift. I can see... I'm, like, an excellent evaluator of people and opportunities, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm, like, okay, you know, I can work with her. I like working with talented people. You know, I consider myself a talented individual, so I like working with other talented individuals and trying to bring out the best in each other.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I've seen you just develop as a leader. um, And, you know, like, you're just someone I – um. Hold in high regard, and I think has interesting opinions on things that I'm curious to hear. And so, like the way it kind of works on here is, if I'm, I have a curious mind. So mm-hmm. if I feel like it could benefit someone, I feel like you have a lot of life experiences that people connect to. Where when they hear this podcast, they'll think, "Okay, maybe I can try it doing it the way that she did it," mm-hmm. or that makes me think about an experience that I'm having in life. Oh, okay, so that's what I try to bring to this uh, podcast with every episode. Cool. It's just um, information so that, like, you know, the things that we've learned that we can pass it on to the next generation or even our peers, mm-hmm. where they we can make their journey a little easier.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. And then another thing that I was curious about, I don't know if you have touched on this in, in any of your other episodes. I haven't heard all of them, mm-hmm. but um, where'd you come up with the name of the podcast and, like, what, you know, what got you to start it?
1: Okay, so, like, you may or may not remember this from high school, but in high school, I was um, rapping, right? Mm-hmm, yep. So, like, I was really into music and, like, the era that like was really popular when we were in high school was trap music right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but trap music comes with a lot of connotations of like a criminal lifestyle like drug dealing Mm -hmm. and and kind of even paved the way for like drug using to a certain extent Mm -hmm. right so that we kind of hear in music now mumble rap but um like hip-hop really inspired my entrepreneurial journey because I translated what I knew from because for me it was like I felt like I was really good I consider myself a writer and then like an entrepreneur a business person and being an artist being and being a a rapper is like to me you're creating a brand for yourself
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: and so it was a good way to combine that. So I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about marketing. And I translated that into an entrepreneur nice um, lifestyle. So, and then the term TREP is that I didn't come up with that, but it's like a shorthand for entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of trendy a couple of years ago, and it never really caught on. So I just said like, TREP life, like, <laughs> like it, Let's bring it together, like, and so to show people, that's why I asked the question about transferable skill sets, because I think that a a lot of times people do things, they get involved with things because they're limiting themselves. And so it's like, hey, like, if you're selling drugs, that means you can do sales. (laughs) So you could get in the car business, you could get into real estate, you know, you know how to manage you're managing a team of drug dealers okay like you're running a group that means you have management skills you have leadership skills those skill sets can translate elsewhere you don't have to do just this mm-hmm. and so that's um that's my main point with that question is um because that that's a big point is for people to be able to identify and then apply transferable skill sets
0: So, yeah. okay cool that's it yeah
1: pretty that's pretty much how I came up with it and then um this podcast is correlating into a book
0: yeah I saw that
1: that's super cool yeah, so um i am that to be done by like October nice is what I'm hoping for maybe November at the latest but I'm really pushing for October okay cool so yeah, that's. Do you have any last words for the podcast?
0: Not really. I feel like my quote that I started off was, you know, obviously very with how I am as a person. So I just hope people really took away some good stuff from my experiences.
1: I think they definitely will. Provided some good content, so yeah. hopefully, people will. It will resonate with someone, if not now, later. You know? Yeah. Well, we thank you for coming on the Life podcast. And um, you are more than welcome to come back anytime. Thank you. Sit with us hang out. Um, and to the audience, we wish you peace, perspective, and prosperity on your journey. episode out.
0: Welcome to the Trap Life podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens. Prepare for an engaging transformation. Just as a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trap Life, Support the movement, liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. Writing reviews, blogging are other ways you can also show love to our Trap Life podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trap Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey.